You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So as you probably noticed, there was no podcast yesterday. Got into Orlando a little bit late, and I was planning on doing the podcast right away, and then I went and checked out the pool, you know, just to go look. Um, yeah, you can't just go look. But anyways, today what I'm going to do, I'm going to be doing uh, two podcasts. They're going to be two micro podcasts to make up for yesterday. It's not micro so that I can kind of just make it two out of one. We're going to be doing micro podcasts all throughout the vacation because I'm on vacation. We're doing two because I missed one yesterday. And I know basically nobody cares except me about doing this every day. But guess what? I care and that's all that matters. But also because they're micro podcasts and we're going to be, you know, sort of dumbing it down to all the other Packers podcasts that are about 20 minutes. I'm not going to be doing any ads or anything else. I'm sorry, was that kind of harsh? I don't care. <laughs> Everybody else can do a 20-minute podcast. I can do a 20-minute podcast. Actually, I don't know if I can. We'll see how this goes. But whatever, we're going to take a break, and today we are talking about the L.A. Charges. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Tell you what, man. Really thought sitting out here on the patio would be a good idea, but it is getting toasty. Anyways, I uh, quickly want to take a look at the 2018 Chargers. I listened to a podcast on the way over for in preparation of this, and they're pretty optimistic about their team, which surprised me, but I guess they did go 12-4 and last year. It's, it's, it's so weird. I've been saying for a long time that this is a really good team that really underachieves. Last year they got to 12-4, and and then this year you look at it and say, okay, they've got the roster, they've got the 12-4 and thing going for them. Why am I not as high on them? I just don't like the team after the losses that they've had, and I'm not going to go through every single loss in addition. Maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And some of it does depend on how guys like Bosa and Ingram respond, because this is, you know, has potential to be the best pass rush duo in the NFL, and last year they just weren't playing up to par. But, um, so if we just look at this, this is pathetic. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed for Chargers fans that they were excited about 12-4 and four having looked at their schedule. So pre-buy, let's take a look at what they did. They went 5-2 and two before their buy. That's pretty good. Their two losses came against the Chiefs and the Rams, two very good teams. Their wins came against the Bills, the 49ers, the Raiders, the Browns, and the Titans. You can maybe argue that the Browns are a good team, if you want. Then they smoked them. So 
I'll, I guess I'll give you a credit for that. But come on, man. The Bills, the 49ers, the Raiders, and the Titans? That's trash, man. Then they come out of their bye, and they beat the Seahawks. Okay. I mean, the Seahawks haven't been very good, and they tend to get better toward the end of the season. This is week nine, so they were still just kind of ramping up. Again, they beat, beat Oakland. Who cares? They lost to the Broncos. They beat the Cardinals. They beat the Steelers by three in the midst of their chaos. They beat the Bengals. Who cares? Then they beat the Chargers, or the, excuse me, the Chiefs, which is always impressive, but it was by one point. So I, I'll give you the credit but one point. Then you lose to the Ravens. I mean, you know, playoff team and all that, but also Lamar Jackson, so cool, way to go. And then you beat the Broncos. I'm not impressed by really any of this. What is the top-tier team that the, the Chargers beat last year? Name one. They got into the playoffs and beat the Ravens. That's not a very good team. Then they played the Patriots and lost. I mean, okay, they, they beat the Chiefs. That was the one top-tier team. They beat them by one point, but whatever, wins a win. So they won one. And they stomped on a bunch of garbage teams. It's not that impressive. I mean, if they just split over to the to the NFC North, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near as good. The Bears are going to stomp them out. The Vikings are going to stomp them out. Even the 2018 Packers had a chance of taking them once. All right, no, we didn't. But <laughs> 2019 Packers would. Even the 2019 Lions might split one with them. I don't know. So the record is good, but it's also misleading. So anyways, that was last year. Looking at this year, here's here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do kind of an overview of their roster as as groups, and then just add in the draft picks. So, for example, I like Philip Rivers. I've said for a long time he's underrated. However, when your team never seems to do any good, maybe it's somewhat your fault. I don't like that way of thinking. I haven't been watching them closely enough to see how much of it is his fault. If he's just a good regular season player and falls apart, or if it's just he's had a garbage team, I don't know. But I think he's a good quarterback. Melvin Gordon is a very good running back. Keenan Allen, uh, or I should say their, their wide receiver group, is solid. The biggest problem with their offense is going to be their offensive line. Because Hunter Henry, even though, you know, PFF, terrible grade and all that, but he was hurt the whole year, etc., etc. But outside of Russell Okung on the left side, who is no David Bakhtiari, but is a decent enough left tackle, this offensive line is garbage. And, and as a Packers fan... We need to start getting excited about teams that have bad offensive lines because I think the entirety of our, our defense is predicated on that front. I mean, that that's obviously clear at this point that that's their entire plan is to be able to attack up front. So if the entire defensive plan is predicated on that, there's a good... You, you could lead into the, the idea that winning and losing largely has to do with our defense up front winning. So... Them having a bad offensive line is the best-case scenario for us. If the Packers were more more worried about uh, their wide receivers than about us getting pass rushers, we'd be getting stacking up corners, which you could argue that we have, but I don't think that's the case. I think we've been swinging and missing at corners is the, the idea. Not arguing about what's actually better. I know a lot of people want to talk about corners. I don't disagree. I'm just talking about what Mike Pettin wants and what Mike Pettin's been getting. It's his defense, and he's going to run it. And if, if, if his defense is going to do better um, when we're able to attack the quarterback, then when teams have a bad offensive line, that's when I'm going to get excited. But Feeney is, is one of the young guys that I've been talking about for a long time. As, you know, the young guys that were super highly rated, that just isn't panning out. He had a bad rookie year and a worse second year. Forrest Lamp, who was, you know, some kind of, well, it probably just depends on the year because he was seen as like some freakish offensive interior offensive lineman yet I think he went like the second round so maybe freakish for that year 
But as far as I know, he's not even on the field. Uh, they got Pouncey in the middle, who's, I mean, it's just not working anymore. Schofield at right guard, Tevy at right tackle. Just a, It's a terrible unit. Defensively, I think two years ago, this was one of my favorite fronts. But I think largely it was just similar to what we had with the Packers last year where you had a bunch of guys who were either new or, you know, were kind of mediocre but had good years. So, you know, as I've talked about, if you look at PFF right now, pretty much every one of our defensive linemen has a pretty good grade. I'm guessing some of that is not going to be the case going forward. And that was kind of the case with the Chargers. I look at guys like Meebane. You look at guys like Corey Legit, who is gone now, but he had a really solid grade. And when you just look across it, you say, okay, you got Bosa, you got Ingram, you got Legit, you got Squire. You got a lot of lot of guys here. This is a great front. Well, Legit's gone. A lot of the other guys regressed, including Bosa and Ingram, like I said. Now, I'm assuming they're going to bounce back because they had mediocre, you know, grades. But looking at it, they're still pretty solid. You know, they didn't grade out as well for whatever reason. Who knows the reasons? But Melvin Ingram's still an 11% guy, which is, you know, I don't know, Kenny Clarkish. I think he's 12%. But Bosa's 13 So it, they've got a decent pass rush duo. Probably not going to be the top in the NFL, but still pretty solid. But the interior also is, is more of a question mark than it was for me. Corner group is fairly good. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of just nitpicking if I'm saying they're not a good group because not many people have what the Chargers have. Um, Casey Hayward on the outside is a solid corner, as we all know. Uh, Desmond King in the in the slot has been incredible. Trevor Williams on the other side, meh. But, you know, who cares? Linebackers are mediocre, but the, the real potentially scary thing here is going to be the safeties, because not only did they get Derwin James, they got Nasir Adderley, and I actually had mocked Nasir Adderley to the Chargers because I thought it was a great fit, only because... As I've mentioned, the NFL likes the versatile guys that, you know, they don't, they don't like having to have a free safety and a strong safety. They want guys that can do both. I don't know that Nasir Adderley can do both. However, he was seen by a lot of people as the best, you know, true free safety in the class. I don't know if I agree. I like Darnell Savage better. That's not just me being biased. I, I said on the podcast I watched Nasir and I wasn't as excited as everybody kind of hyped him up to be. But whatever. Either way, I'll defer to the experts who seem to like Nasir better as a free safety even though he was drafted later and, you know, whatnot. But pairing him with Derwin James is crazy because you got to have another guy that's versatile, and there's nobody more versatile than Derwin James. And I don't <laughs> – there's no safety more versatile. There might not be a player more versatile than Derwin James. So that's that's going to be a really good pairing, assuming Nasir Adderley is, is whatever. Good, great, I don't know. Um, other draft picks, since we're already getting rolling there, Jerry Tillery. I, they're real excited about Jerry Tillery. I don't think that was a good fit at all. My thought – was to get a bigger guy because we've got the two edge rushers we've got the guys that are good off the edge let's get somebody that can like stuff up the middle jerry tillery cannot handle running responsibilities whatsoever he's simply a gap shooter i know that's what teams want anyways and jerry tillery's good at it i like jerry tillery it's probably going to provide more pass rush to their defensive front i just think it makes them a little bit soft but maybe they they like their linebackers be able to handle that responsibility i don't know it just causes me to salivate as a packers fan saying well we're just going to run at them Otherwise, in the third round, Trey Pipkins at offensive tackle out of Sioux Falls. As a third round pick, considering how bad their offensive line is, I would say he has to come in and compete and, and possibly replace Tevy. If he can't replace Tevy, that's a pretty bad draft pick. I know tackles you want to take early, but I mean, you're a third round pick and you can't replace a garbage right tackle. This was a terrible draft pick. Uh, fourth round, Drew Tranquil, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. Definitely has uh, potential to start as a you know, rotational guy. It's a 4-3 defense, so occasionally they got three linebackers out there. He could play. 
Uh, Perryman, I think, is going to be the, the middle linebacker no matter what. Uh, Davis is a decent enough linebacker, but he's getting kind of old, so that could be a replacement play. But Brown is, is the other linebacker that I'm looking at that could end up being replaced. Otherwise, they drafted Easton Stick, the quarterback. He's not playing any time soon ever. Uh, Emeke Agbule out of Houston, linebacker, not going to play. Cortez Broughton, defensive tackle out of Cincinnati, also probably not going to play. Anyways, we're going to take a second break, and I'm going to talk about the Packers versus the, uh, the Chargers, 1v1. So first of all, with the Packers on offense, I, I don't hate this situation. I think our offensive line can hold up decently. Um, you know, Melvin Ingram going up against David Bakhtiari is not something I'm super worried about. Bosa against Balaga could be a problem, but whatever. Um, Ingram does kick inside at times. Could be a problem with Ingram and Tillery on the interior, but again, this isn't the worst group in the world to go up against. They're going to get their pressures. They'll probably, you know, maybe get a sack or whatever. I don't know. But I don't see this as a nightmare. There's basically two um, two ways of looking at this. There's the, well, there's, there's run and pass. But looking at, let's say, for example, the two wide situation. If we're keeping Derwin James back, and I know he's never really back, he's going to be kind of roaming toward the box as a strong safety. But, again, our ability to run against Meebane and Tillery and Perryman and Brown and Davis, these linebackers, I, I, I don't necessarily, and I, I know that's, you know, we're outside zone now, whatever. Okay, fine, running toward Ingram and Nasir Adderley. And they're, you know, uh, Will Linebacker, who's not very good. I don't see that as being, no, I don't want to run it at Bosa and uh, and Derwin James, but I'll go the other way. Either way, there, there's two or three people that I think are going to be tough to run against. I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. Now, Derwin Dame James does come in the box in dime situations. Here's the thing. If we spread out a little bit, and I know Lafleur supposedly doesn't do this as much. I don't know if that's I buy that so much because, you know, I, I think sometimes people look at what they did with certain teams and say, well, this is what the coach does. This is what we should expect. No, coaches do what they do based on the team that they have. This is a different football team, so I'm not just going to assume, well, we're going to run the exact same offense as the Titans ran. But the thing I like about spreading out our offense here, whether it's three wide, four wide, whatever, is you bring Derwin James up. Then you've got Nasir Adderley, and you've got Jalen Watkins as safeties, and they're not good. I mean, we'll see about Nasir. I don't think he's going to be a stud in his first year or ever. I don't know. So the, their safety group probably isn't all that great. you got Derwin James up close as a linebacker. And then at, at corner, we've got Devontae Adams against uh, Casey Hayward. And I think that's to our advantage. Their one corner who isn't that great, uh, Williams, I, I don't care who we have, that's a winnable matchup. Now, in the slot against King, maybe we can't win, but the point is, their DBs versus our wide receivers, this is a great matchup. So overall, I see this as our ability to run and pass the ball. Not easily. Again, this, this is a good group. Bosa, Ingram, Hayward, King, James, uh, King James, ha. Huh? It's not going to be easy, but also something to keep in mind is this is an away game that's essentially a home game. I would be surprised if there's not more Packer fans in L.A. for this game than Chargers fans. I would be actually stunned. And actually, it could even be more of a home game because people that are going to travel to L.A. are not going to be the season ticket holders. Maybe it'll be people that will actually yell and scream and make some noise. But I think this is doable, especially if we can keep Bosa and some of these pass rushers off Aaron Rodgers. Give them some time. Um, I think these wide receivers can find some room. I know, I know James is scary, but he can't cover the whole field at the same time. Right? And, and Lafleur is smart enough to be able to manipulate so that Devontae Adams is getting open. And they're not going to put Derwin James on him. Maybe they'll bring Nasir Adderley over his way. 
Derwin James is too valuable to use as a second defender on one wide receiver. That would be the worst. If that happens, it's game over. The Packers win. That's dumb. So it, it's, it's going to be a grind, but everything here is winnable. And then flipping over to the other side, I, I think it's kind of a... Uh, you get excited, but you also get worried. It's kind of the same with offense, actually. You get excited, but you get worried because they have more than enough firepower to shut you down, but we also have what it takes to beat them. But again, the big win here is going to be our defensive front versus their offensive line. Um, so w- one of the things that scares me is Melvin Gordon as a running back. He's a solid running back. However, if we're able to swallow this team up, if, if this offensive line is just getting dominated, that means more than just sacks. That means they can't run the ball, and that makes them one-dimensional, which is important because that one-dimensional one dimension they have is pretty solid. Again, Keenan Allen is, is every bit up there. I mean, he's one of the guys that makes it hard for me to put Devontae in the top five because I think I have to pull Keenan Allen out. And I, I eh, dude is good. I mean, at the very least, he's, he's on, a, on the same tier. Then Mike Williams' first-round draft pick seemed like he was potentially going to be a bust because he just, you know, I mean, it's only one year, you never know, but uh, he kind of broke out a little bit last year. And that was just his second year. Who knows how high this thing is going to ride. He could end up being a top 10. I mean, he was, he was ranked 22nd. He went from straight trash to 22nd best wide receiver. And then they've got Hunter Henry, the tight end. That's a lot of firepower. And again, coupled with a pretty good quarterback. So this is going to be a pretty big test for the defense. It's going to be a test for a lot of reasons because it's going to stress the areas that, you know, cornerbacks, safeties, those kinds of areas. And hopefully, you know, the the safeties that we've got can rise up to it. The the corners can take those steps so that they can rise up to it. And then the defensive front, this, this, this is, you are expected at this point to be able to just dominate. Sacks, hits, hurries. Don't let them run the ball. I mean, there has been a lot invested in this defensive line. There is an expectation going up against an offensive line of this caliber that you're just going to dominate. Because Keenan Allen's going to get his yards, and Williams is going to get his yards, and Melvin Ingram is going to be able to do some damage. But there is an expectation that this defense is going to be able to step up. And this is, this is ultimately what it's about. We didn't invest all that so that we could beat the Bears. Right? We, we didn't get a first-round draft pick corner last year so that we could stop Allen Robinson. And, and get a, you know, brand spank a new defensive front so that we can get after Mitch Trubisky and stop Tariq Cohen. No, man, it, it's about this. It's about the Keenan Allens. It's about the, the uh, Melvin Gordons. These are the, the, these are the games that set you apart. If we really want to talk about top 10 defense, if we want to even talk about ever being a top 5 defense, this is the kind of teams you go up against and you just smack them around and you walk off the field. Right? Three and out like it's nothing. That's what that's what top tier defenses do. So this will be ex- an exciting game. I don't, I'm not going to just put it automatically in the win column. Again, they're they're a 12 win team. Uh, they've added some talent. They've got some elite talent all over the offense and the defense. But it's absolutely a winnable game if you just look at you know on paper versus on paper. Again, this is all just assumptions. We're just assuming Matt Lafleur can bring this team up to its full potential, and if this team plays up to its full potential, this is a winnable game. If I'm being completely honest, it's pretty close to a stalemate in my mind. Right? We're obviously a lot better in some areas. They're obviously a lot better in other areas. It's a lot of things that are going to be real tough. But again, this is you know if we're talking Super Bowl, if we're talking about Aaron Rodgers getting back to his former, this, these are the games on the road, just coming off a game against the Chiefs on the road. Top-flight veteran quarterback, top-tier wide receiver group, great pass rushers, great running back. You know, Derwin James, one of the better defensive backs in the league. Just everywhere, playing linebacker, playing safety, probably occasionally playing off the edge. 
But it's a good group and it'll be a good game. So anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. I just saw some breaking news on my phone. I'm going to address it in the next podcast. Um, you folks enjoy your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.